The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Father, as we approach the word today, we thank you. Thank you for that which has already been spoken. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, I'm asking you to touch me and arrest me and move deep in my heart. Lord, no surface touch today. Lord, I want a deep touch from the Holy Spirit. And I need it today. And I thank you for it. And I give you praise today with thanksgiving. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Judges chapter 9. You there yet? Hallelujah. Give the praise team a good hand clap. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. The book of Judges, and we're in chapter 9. I want to, I, I do this when I, when I teach out of the book of Judges. A judge in the Old Testament wasn't somebody that just sits up behind a, a desk and is, uh, gives, makes a lot of laws and enforces rules. A judge, in the truest sense of the Bible, the Word of God, a judge in the Old Testament was a deliverer. A deliverer. That's, and the, the Bible says, as long as there were judges in the land, Israel found deliverance. But when, when the judges were not in the land, Israel went back into captivity. I want to thank God that we have a judge today that is the Lord Jesus that delivered us. He is the ultimate judge, and he is my ultimate deliverer. He de- I don't know what he did for you, but he delivered me from all kinds of sin. And he delivered me from sin in general. He delivered me from the want to for sin. Now, I, I, I still, we, we all, everybody stumbles along. But I'll tell you what, a long time ago when I got saved in 1973, I got delivered from wanting to sin all the time. So now if I do, when I do sin, right, and fall short of the mark, I'll tell you what, I don't like it. I, I'm, I'm delivered from it and I know better and, I, and, and so I, I need the Lord to continue to deliver me. So the most important thing I got delivered from was just sin in general. I don't want to. I might, but I, I might do it, but I don't want to. And you know one reason I don't want to is because when I do do it, it doesn't feel good right there. It used to feel good here, but, right? but when Christ came into my heart, my judge, he delivered me. Shout out loud, he delivered me. He delivered me. He delivered me from sin in general. He delivered me from wanting to sin. He delivered. Now, everybody's got a personal thing. Not everybody got delivered from from drugs like I did. Huh? But I got delivered from them. Because before that, I wasn't delivered from them. I was doing them all the time and wanted to. Huh? Huh? He delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from alcohol. I was a smoker. And he delivered me from, you know, an addiction to to nicotine. Right? 
I was at, and, and, there, and then my list just goes on and on and on. There was a lot of other carnal, fleshy things that I was, that I was involved in. Sensual stuff, sexual stuff, all this kind of stuff was, was in my life before the deliverer got a hold of me. Huh? When I got saved, the year I got saved, I, I was with this, this girl. And I'd been with that girl for a number of years. She was my girlfriend. But we were like a dog and a cat. Huh? We fussed, fought, broke up, yelled. Huh? On and on and on. It, it wasn't a pretty thing. But you know what happened to us? We got in a, an emotional tie, a soul tie, some people say. We got in a soulish tie together and a physical tie together that, that we, we, we couldn't get out of. And no matter, on and on and on, we, I think we both knew we're not supposed to be together. You ever been in a relationship like that? If you're in one right now, I, I want to tell you, you need to deliver to get out of that. And so I never could get out. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get out of it. But I want to, uh, you know what? When, the, when Jesus showed up in my life he, and he delivered me, because I told her, I'm not going to do this anymore and I'm not going to do that anymore and I'm sure not going to do that anymore. Huh? That girl broke up with me so fast. Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, that... That party was over, and it was a really good thing. Sarah, who's out there helping set up for the children's thing. She's not just running out of church. Sarah was engaged to a, a guy and, and, and had been with this guy like I'd been with that girl for a number of years. But she, and she knew it wasn't right. She would tell you it's not right. That's why they never went on and got married. They'd set the date, and then it'd get messed up. And they'd break up and, or something, then they'd get re-engaged. And, you know, and, and this is Sarah's testimony, that she, she knew she wasn't supposed to be doing that. But she didn't have the power to get out of it. But when, so I, when I, once I got saved, I led her to the Lord, Sarah, to the Lord. I shared the gospel with her. And she came to Christ. And then she wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I, I told you this story. I took her to Winton Woods. We went to Winton Woods to do what, not to do what I used to do in Winton Woods, the park, you know, but to, uh, but to open our Bible. We sat by the water, and I opened my Bible and shared with her the scriptures about being filled with the Spirit and what I knew about it. It didn't take very long because I didn't know a lot about it, but I knew about Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost, and I knew when... When the Holy Spirit showed up, that was Jesus showing up. I knew that much. And then a couple days later at the church, the, the little church, Sarah got filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, when she got filled with the Spirit, that deliverance was so strong that she immediately called that, called that guy and said, and said, I need to meet with you. They met at, there used to be a Frishes at Tri-County. And they met at Tri-County Frishes and sat across from each other eating a hamburger and drinking a Coke, I guess. And she looked at him and said, we both know we're not supposed to be together, 
And, and I know we've been in and out. We've been engaged and re-engaged. We're engaged right now. But I want you to know that this relationship is not right. This relationship is over as of right now. And he cried. And you know, that, that, that stuff will happen to try to pull on your heartstrings to try to get you back in it. Right? But thank God, Sister Sarah, when, when, when Jesus came into her heart she, and the Holy Spirit came, he delivered her. You need to be delivered from certain people. Delivered from things and, and your past and etc. So you, you need, we all need a judge. Shout out loud, we need a judge. We need a judge. We need Christ in our heart to help us. I don't know. Maybe I'll... You know, if you're here today and you're in a relationship you know you shouldn't be in. Hmm? You know one, one way you know you shouldn't be in it? Because the people that are closest to you know you shouldn't be in it. Huh? If you're in that today, I pray right now. Let's let me pray over you. I pray a deliverance from over you that you would be delivered from that relationship, no matter what it is, that you'll, you'll find the, the power and the delivering power of Jesus will touch your heart. Now, don't get any ideas if you're married. This, that didn't include you. You're, let me give you a, a Greek word for that when you're married. You, you're stuck, man. <laughs> You can't get out of that. You're not supposed to get out of it. That's a binding contract. We don't want out of it. But uh, anyway, that's for somebody. This is the book of Judges. And I'm in chapter 9. Let's read along here for a few verses. And then we'll comment and preach a little bit along the way. Verse 1. And Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem to his mother's brethren and communed with them and with all the family of the house of his mother's father. So he went to his mother's side of the family, is what that says. And he said, Speak, I pray you, into the ears of all the men of Shechem and say this to them, Whether is better for you either that all the sons of Jeroboam, which are 70 persons, is it better that they all reign over you or that one reign over you? Remember also that I am your bone and your flesh. So, so Abimelech right, went to his mother's family and said, you know, which is, which is better for you? That all these people, all these different people are leaders over you. Or wouldn't it be better if just one was ruling over you? And he said, By the, when you're thinking about that, remember that I, which of course, he's the one that wants to rule over them. I am one of your, I'm your flesh and bone. And his mother's brethren spake of him in the ears of all the men of Shechem all these words. And now watch what happened. And their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech because they said he is our brother. 
Now I'm going to tell you right now before we read the rest of the story, it wasn't God's will for Abimelech to be the leader over anybody. Huh? But the Bible says these people that weren't influenced at all, that, right? But they, they got influenced because of Abimelech and, and the other people sharing with them, you ought to follow Abimelech. That's what we're all going to do. Now, we, we can see that right away in verse 4 that they shouldn't have done that. And they gave him 70 pieces of silver out of the house of Baal Berith, wherewith Abimelech, who was the guy that thought he ought to be the king over everybody, Abimelech, he did something. Look at what it says in verse 4. He went out and he hired vain and light persons which followed him. Which means, that in the Hebrew there, it says that Abimelech hired worthless and reckless persons and they all followed him. So, of course, Abimelech isn't going to... He, 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 Look at right away, as the leader, the first thing he does, and they gave him money out of the house of Baal, out of the house of, of false God, right? And they used that money to, to pay him off, and, and Abimelech, he goes out and he, he starts hiring worthless and reckless people. I want to tell you that we, thank God the church is bigger and better than that. That we're not looking for worthless people. Just somebody that'll do what we... We're not looking for reckless people. We're looking for people of integrity. People of honor. People of dignity. We're looking for people that can't be bought. Can't be paid for. That won't give in. That don't mess around and tolerate with sin. We're, look, we're not looking for worthless people. We're looking for worthy people. You know, if you read the New Testament, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, and the, the pastoral books, you know the Bible says that if, if any, it, it talks about the quali there's qualifications to even be a deacon or a, 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 a servant to do anything in the house of God. You, you ought to have, you got to have these qualifications, right? Much less to be a bishop or to be a presbyter or to be a pastor, or to be a leader. But Abimelech didn't care. He just went out and hired worthless and reckless people, and they just would act like they're going to do whatever he says. Huh? Watch it now. And he went to his father's house at Oprah and slew his brethren, the sons of Jerubbaal, being 70 persons, Upon one stone. So, first of all, the first thing he does is hired worthless and reckless people. Second thing he did, he went to his father's house and killed all the 70 persons that with one stone. Now, remember that those were the people that the other people that, that, that he was using as an illustration with himself when he was trying to convince them, I ought to be your king. What he did was he... He killed all the, uh, the 70 that might have, if they changed their mind, he just went and took care of it and he killed them. Yeah. 
killed all 70 of them with one stone. Notwithstanding, yet Jotham, the youngest of Jerubbiel, was left, for he hid himself. And all the men of Shechem gathered together, and all the house of Milo, and went and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Shechem. Now, you know, we, I preached Thursday night about, from Romans chapter 13 about authority. That all of us ought to be subjected to the highest authority, which is God. We learned from Romans 13 that everybody that's in an authority position that, that God put them there. Our good police department across the road here. The rest of the country might spit on them and throw water on them and throw the other, you know, threw Chinese food at them the other day and they're, they're being shot and all that kind of stuff. But I want you to know that when you come against a police officer, you coming against God's authority because God put him in that authority. Uh, we, we talked about our, our fire department. Where's Kelly? Wave Kelly. Kelly, Kelly's husband, Chris, is a, is a, works for the, is, is a fireman and has been for a number of years. And he's a, an inspector of, for other stuff, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's an inspector. He's a, he, and we talked about, you know who put him in that position? God put him in that position. We talked about this building right here. Once a year, all of a sudden, the secretary Tabby's sitting in there and all of a sudden a red fire truck pulls up. They don't even, they don't even ask permission to come in. And they come in. And they're not here because there's a fire. They're here and they say, we're, they do go to the office and they, go, they say, we're here to do our annual inspection. And you know, in their annual inspection, they look under chairs, they look, they go... I, I, made a big deal out. They look in that closet over there. That's the electrical closet. Make sure nothing's in the way. I mean, be, because that's their, that's their authority. I've got spiritual authority here, but they've got authority over that. Every authority is set by God in the home. I used to tell my children, I'd sit both of them down, and I'd point my bony finger at them. And say, now let's see here. There are four of us living in this house. Let's see if we can guess who's in charge here. Let's be sure. It's not you, because I was here before you. So you couldn't be the authority. It's not you, because I was here before you. It's not mom, I point at mom, not because she's a female, but simply because it's the order of the Word of God. We, we're following the Word, man. Because the Bible says that the head of every man is a woman. <laughs> no, that's not what the Bible says. That's what, that's what Keith Payne told me the other day, that he, he thought about it. The head of every... Somebody said, amen, let's take an offering and go home right there. The head of every woman is a man. And the head of every man is Christ. And the head of Christ is God. So have, being in authority, having a king 
There's nothing wrong with wanting a king, but I want you to know this. You better have the right one. You get under a wicked king, you're going you're gonna to have trouble. Amen? Now, verse 7. And when they told it to Jotham, he went up and stood on the top of Mount Gerizim, and he lifted up his voice. He's a prophet of God. This is what he said. He said, listen to me, you men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. And he starts telling them a, a parable and a story. This, and this is, this is the guts of this message today. This is powerful. He said, here, remember those men of Shechem were the ones that, that were influenced, right, by Abimelech to put Abimelech in as the king and not the other people. And here's what he he said. This is the prophet speaking. The trees went forth on a certain time to anoint a king over them. The trees did. And they said to the olive tree, they went to an olive tree, and they said unto the olive tree, we want you to be our king. We want you to be the king of all the trees. And they said to the olive tree, well, come on over here now. I know you're, you, you used to be over here and you were doing that, but now come here and rule over us. Let's see what the olive tree thought about it. Huh? But verse 9, I love this. But the olive tree said unto them, I want to ask you a question. Should I leave my fatness? In other words, the place that I'm flourishing, the place that I'm growing, the place where, where, where I'm doing the best I know how to be and the, the best that I am. Should I leave my fatness wherewith by me they honor God and man? And should I go and be promoted over the trees? In other words, I, I know you, want, you thought that I could be manipulated if you made me a king that I'd leave where, what I was doing and I'd go be the king. But the olive tree had it right in my view. The olive tree said, are you kidding me? You know where I'm planted right now? I'm growing, I'm flourishing, I'm prospering, I'm blessed. I'm putting out all kinds of olives. Man, there's, there's olives all over the place coming off me. And through my olives, the anointing oil is made. And we anoint kings and priests and prophets. Amen. And the, the olive tree said, you know what, man? He said, you got the wrong guy. I'm staying where I'm planted. I want to say to everybody in the building today, you ought to find out what you're supposed to do and stay planted in it. Just stay with it. That's why I love Larry Mills, our missionary to Turkey last week. I met Larry in 1987. Never one time since 1987 has he ever changed his story about what his calling was. He told me in 1987, 
Pastor Crabb, I am called to the Turkish people and I'm going to spend the rest of my life ministering to the Turkish people. And you know he's done that. I met him in 1991. In Bo- I saw him again in 91. We sent a team to Bulgaria. And, and even though he, w- he was in Bulgaria and he was doing what he was supposed to do, he still would look at, look at us boldly. And he told us as a team, he said, I'm here in Bulgaria ministering to these Bulgarians, but my real calling and mission is to those Turks over there. And he spent the rest of his life. Today, he's pastoring a church and leading a group of people and ministering in a Muslim nation, right? And, and, and he's there in, in the old city of Antioch where they first called him Christians. Amen. And I, that's one of my favorite things about Larry is that he, he found where he was supposed to be planted. And I, I want to tell you, if, they, if somebody said, Larry, we want you to come back to the United States and you be the president of the United States, I believe that Larry Mills would say what the olive tree would say. And Larry Mills would say, should I leave my fatness? Should I leave the place where I'm called? just to get out of bounds and go over there and be something that I'm really not called to be? The olive tree said, respectfully, I'm staying exactly where I'm called. Woo! Thank God for the olive tree. And the trees, verse 10, and the trees, then they went to a fig tree. And they said, well, you come and reign over us. The trees got trouble here. The, the, the trees are they're going to, to the wrong people. But the fig tree said, let me ask you a question. Now the fig tree didn't know what the olive tree said. But the fig tree said, should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go be promoted over the trees? The fig tree said what the olive tree said. The fig tree said, hey man, I don't do what the olive tree did, but I'll tell you, I produce figs that are so sweet. You know, when when you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to do, there is a sweetness that comes out of your life. In baseball, we used to call it, on on a bat, there there was a a thing when you you swing that bat, there was a, you know, sometimes you hit, you can hit down by the handle or, or if you hit it on the end of the bat, just because you hit the ball with the bat doesn't mean you hit it. But there was a place, I could point it out on most bats, right in a certain place, there was what we'd call the sweet spot. You know what I mean, don't you, Brett? When you, and when, there's something that happens. When you hit that ball in the sweet spot of that bat, Man, that ball would jump off that bat. You hit it off the end, it'll dribble down here. You hit it, you know, here it might pop up. But man, you hit it in the sweet spot. That's what the fig said. That's what I'm in. I'm in I'm in my sweet spot. I'm not called to be a king. I'm called to be a fig. And I'm not going over there just because you're... You're trying to bribe me that I ought to leave what I'm doing and go over there and do something else and it'll be more honorable. You know what's honorable? It's me producing figs for God and for other people to eat that sweetness. 
So the olive tree said, I'm not doing it. And the fig tree said, I'm not doing it. Now, you know, I thought about those two trees and I thought, you know, they, 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 there's probably a, something we can learn out of, their, out of their responses. You know, when you get an opportunity to do something, the question isn't, isn't, <laughs> can I? Because the other trees were saying, yes, you can. We're going to submit to you as the king tree. Come on. The question isn't, can you? But the question is, should I? There's a big difference in can I and should I? Huh? Can I and should I? We're not following the cans, we're following the shoulds. What should I do with my life, Lord? Lord, where will I be the best? Where will I be the best gym crab? Where will I flourish? Where will I, the sweetness of my ministry, where will it, where will it flow? Huh? Instead of just doing... You know, I, I learned a long time ago, we're not led by opportunity. I know people that say, well, uh, I, I say, why are you doing that? Well, uh, the, the door opened. You know how many doors have opened in front of me that, that the devil wanted me to walk through those doors? We're not led by opportunity. I've been given all kinds of opportunity. Huh? I've been invited to do this and A, B, and C, and D. All kinds of stuff. And, and some of those situations, I, I was in need. And it could have really helped me financially. I mean, really helped me financially. But, but I, you know, while they, they shared it, and I, I said, before the conversation was over, I said, and, and some of these people, they said, this one call I got to go pastor a church and we were getting ready to plant Courts of Praise in 1987. And I mean, we, we Sarah was babysitting a, a, a kid and I was spraying gum off sidewalks making $6 an hour and we were believing God. It took faith just to get some groceries every week and much less have a place to live. And I got this call on, on a midweek night at a church that I'd preached in down in, in southeastern Ohio, down on the river. And, but they said, Pastor, our, our pastor's gotten into adultery and sinned, and we're here, and, and, they, and I'd preach there on a Friday night one night. I was there. There were six, 700 people there. Their buildings were paid. It was, it was really a good situation. And the pastor messed up. And that's not the flock's fault. That's his fault. But they said, now we want you to come be, we, we, we got together and immediately your name came up. You're the guy we want to be our pastor. And to be our, if you will, in the context of this, you come be the king over this ministry here. And they said, we'll pay you. And they named a number. I, after I got up off the floor from falling out in the spirit. And we'll give you insurance and we'll give you a car and we'll do this. I mean, they were, th this pot was really sweet. And you know, for, for maybe a, a millisecond, that sounded really good. But then I thought, no, 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 no. I'm supposed to be here in Cincinnati. This is where my fatness is. God has spoken. This is where my sweetness is.
So I'm going to stay here in Cincinnati. Flat broke. Hallelujah. (laughs) Flat broke. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and spray gum off sidewalks at the United Dairy Farmers all over Cincinnati. And I'm going to preach to the little Bible study that I have while we plant the church. But I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to uproot my, from my fatness and uproot from my sweetness and go rule and reign for any amount of money. I'm not doing it. I'm going to stay here and thank God that we did. Amen? So the question isn't can you often, it's should you. Should I? Hmm? Yeah. And then verse 12. Then said the trees to the vine. You know, you know, by the time they got to the vine, I'd be like, if I was the vine, I'm like, I know what you guys have been out doing, man. You've invited the you really, you really wanted the olive tree to be your king. Then you then you that didn't work out, so you wanted the fig tree. But because they both said, no, you're coming to me. Huh? I think the trees needed a prayer meeting over. The trees said to the vine, come and reign over us. Verse 13. And the vine said, should I leave my wine? In other words, my place that, of, that creates joy. Should I leave my wine? which cheers God and man and go and be promoted over the trees? Then said all the trees... Now, see, the the trees are still looking for somebody. Huh? They've been turned down by an olive tree. They've been turned down by a fig tree. Amen. They've been turned down by a vine that makes grapes and creates wine and cheers God pleases God and pleases man. Then said all the trees, now here you go. As soon as I read verse 14, I thought, ha, this this one right here, this is the guy, this is the guy they're going to get. And they said to the bramble, a bramble's just a bush, a bush, he, he doesn't, he's not creating any oil. Bramble doesn't create anything that blesses anybody. He's not creating oil. He's not creating sweetness and figs. He's not creating the vine that, that, that creates the grapes where you get the wine. He's, he's not producing anything. He's just a, a, a bush. You know, I, I tell about this when we went pastored our first church in New Mexico. We were on our way to there and once we got way out in west texas and all through new mexico in that journey to carlsbad new mexico there was all there was out there was these bushes they they call them mesquite bushes those mesquite bushes are good for absolutely nothing they grow they're they're out in the desert and they're growing out there they're not pretty they're not cool they're prickly sticky They're just bushes that are worthless bushes. So they don't, here's my point. So they don't have anything going for them in their ministry and what they're doing. So bramble bushes are always looking for an opportunity. 
Huh? The fig tree wasn't looking for an opportunity. He was looking for where he just was calculating it out. Where am I supposed to be that would bless humanity? I'm created by God, so where should I be? Well, right here. I'm doing great right where I am. I don't need a promotion. That's what the, that's what the olive tree said. And then the fig tree said the same thing. I don't need a promotion. I, why are you looking at that like, like that, like being the king over all these trees is a promotion? I'm, I'm, I'm being promoted right where I am. Yeah. And God's using me and God's blessing me. I'm making... I'm making anointing oil. I'm making sweet things. And I'm making grapes that create wine. But the bramble who wasn't creating anything said, come and reign over us. And the bramble said to the trees, now here you go. And the bramble said to the trees, you know, what would the fig tree have said by now? They start out right. The fig tree didn't need to go pray about it or think about it. The fig tree said, nope. The olive tree said, nope. The vine said, no. But the bramble said, if in truth you anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Somebody say amen. amen. I think that's enough reading today to, to make a point. You know what? Where you better, we all ought to find out where, where our place of fatness is. That's why when I got saved, that's what happened. I found out, man, I'm supposed to be planted in the in in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Huh? I was the bramble before. But once I got saved, I got, I got planted in the right person in Christ. And I began to flourish in my life. Now, I don't mean flourish doesn't mean numbers of people and all kinds of money and all that kind of stuff. It's just that you're being the best you can be. You're helping people. You're blessing everybody. We're not looking to be promoted. If we've got a ministry, we're already promoted. And we're already in a right place. For us to be the President of the United States or the King over all of, of Europe or wherever else it was would be a step down because we are in our rightful place obeying God and fulfilling what Christ has called us to do. I want to challenge everybody. Come on, praise team. That is a bramble today. That, that don't you, come on, change your heart and your mind and get your place. Don't be like the bramble, just looking for position, authority, and opportunity. Thank God. The question isn't, could I, but should I? And if the answer isn't a resounding yes, then don't do it for any amount of money, for any amount of title, for any amount of promotion and worship by men, mankind. Somebody say amen. amen. Say out loud, I want to be like the vine. Say out loud, I want to be like the fig. I want to <laughs> be like the olive tree. I do not 
want to be like the bramble. I'm going to stay where I'm planted and do what I'm called to do. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that to, because you, I don't know who's supposed to be here or not. I'm just saying wherever you are supposed to be, get in there and do what you're supposed to do for the glory of God. Amen. That is a good word. That's a life-saving word right there. What if, think about that. What if that olive tree would have been, could have been bought off and, and thought that, you know, authority was, was what he was looking for. He wasn't looking for authority in the first place. He was just looking to produce in the blessing of the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands toward heaven. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodecincy.com. I M A G O D E I C I N C Y.com. <laughs>